Welcome to worship with the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. This virtual worship service is brought to you in a time when we join you in practicing social distancing to curb the pandemic virus. We pray that in the not-too-distant future we will welcome you in person when you visit us in Old Town Alexandria. Welcome to another online worship service with the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, know that you are welcome here. This is our 11th Sunday of online worship. While we miss being together in person, we are grateful for the technology that allows us to worship in a new way. With the promise of the Spirit comes an abiding sense of God's presence in our homes and in our lives. With this assurance, let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. The Lord be with you. today comes from John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Will you pray with me in silence? Amen. We all have questions. Many of you have shared yours with Rocky and me. Some are theological, others are sociopolitical. If the numbers of coronavirus infections and deaths are rising in our state or others, why are we reopening? That's in air quotes, which you can't see. Don't worry, soon we'll be in glorious video. And the church has not been closed, of course just our buildings. If we wouldn't consider sitting on our favorite restaurant with our kids right now, or in a stylist chair for a haircut and blow dry, or letting our aging parents go grocery shopping, why are we longing to sit in our sanctuary worshiping with our many vulnerable fellow church members? We hunger for something. We don't know exactly what. Love? embodied connection. We feel deep in our hearts that if we could only go back to some semblance of normal, we'd be okay. Some of our fellow Christians across our country lament that they can go to Walmart, but not church. Why? Well, we can survive for however many months with online worship, different though it is, but we can't go months without food. What does Jesus say? I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. It feels harder to be a faith family sometimes, not to feel orphaned when we're not physically together. But we are not alone. I think we all felt a glimmer of hope last week on Youth Sunday when our youth led us in worship and truly outdid themselves in their powerful message, Let Love Lead as well as their tech mastery. So much of life is out of our control, and our youth helped us remember that it's our response to life's curveballs that creates resilience and builds faith. We have more questions than answers, but that's okay. Jesus is in us, with us, as we wonder flail, fear, and forget that not everything pre-coronavirus should be returned to. Our session has been discussing ways in which we might reinvent how we do church, but the questions persist. How will my newly minted graduate who didn't get to graduate ever find a job in this economy? How will my children socialize when they can't go out to play with other kids? How will my elderly parent in the nursing home understand no family visits? How will my marriage survive? How about my job, my savings, my sanity? How will my family tree be decimated by this virus? What about my faith family? Whether these important parts of who we are will not just survive, but thrive, is up to the Spirit, God, Jesus in us. How we cope and move forward is in our hands, with God's help. For one thing, words matter. 
Why are we saying we're stuck at home in a resigned, slightly tween huff? With all due respect to our tweens and teens, who as a peer group are managing pretty darn well under these traumatic circumstances. There are so many who don't have homes to be stuck in, or families to be annoyed by, or food home-cooked for the tenth week in a row to be sick of. We're out and about. I've seen us. Walking, running, biking with the kids in tow, sometimes socially distanced, sometimes not so much. There are plenty who really are stuck in their dangerous environments. And I encourage all of us to keep our neighbors suffering in our daily prayers. While maybe considering a donation to a homeless or battered women's shelter. Because for another thing, Love is a verb. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's about as straightforward as it gets in our scriptures. And Jesus will not leave us orphaned without a spiritual parent or guidance, but promises to come to us, to dwell in us, in us. The advocate or paraclete in Greek is one who's been called to our side once Jesus himself returns to God's kingdom. This advocate will be with us as we advocate for the poor, the hungry, those on the margins, the children and women and people who live and love and worship differently than we do. We can't see this spirit, but our spiritual ancestors did see Jesus and recorded his stories and acts of love and generosity. Jesus questioned everything that caused hurt and suffering. The love he commands isn't a warm and fuzzy feeling on a gorgeous spring day a long time ago in early March when we weren't wearing masks or social distancing. It's the rabbi washing his disciples' dusty feet. The Messiah going to his death as a criminal on a cross. It's the selfless members of this congregation who continue to lead open table outside in the dark each Thursday morning. It's the brave volunteers who continue to deliver food to the elderly and shut-ins throughout Alexandria. It's our unsung administrative staff who nowhere in their job descriptions had pulling together online worship tech and troubleshooting dozens of Zoom meetings and small group gatherings until 10 weeks ago. And yes, it's each of you staying home as requested to help protect our frontline healthcare and EMS and grocery and delivery workers, wearing a mask, not to keep you safe, but out of concern for our neighbors and passers-by, we don't know it all. It's breathing and counting to 10 each time we hear a story about someone, often an avowed Christian, suing officials over not being able to gather in person at their church or being told what to wear, which is somehow destroying their sense of entitlement in the name of liberty, which is hardly keeping Jesus' commandments, including loving our neighbors as our very selves, which means if I'd like to live a COVID-free life, I'd better help you do so, too. Thus the masks. Thus the social distancing. 
Thus, the enormous disruption in life as we all knew it. But you know what? While God certainly didn't cause this pandemic, God is at work in every aspect of our human lives. Many have talked about how the church writ large seems to have a major seismic shift every 500 years or so. And what did we just celebrate two years ago on Reformation Sunday? It's 500th anniversary of reforming the church with God's help. What's being reformed now? Historically, great art and innovation have grown out of times when there's trauma or constriction in societies. I wonder what the church's legacy will be as we emerge from this time of trial. Our youth gave us a glimpse last week. My favorite image was of kids passing a pencil between Zoom frames, physically sharing the artistic tool, passing it on, as it were. It was intriguing metaphorically, and it just looked cool. Ditto for that offering plate passing from one household to another as they said something like, while we can't actually pass the offering plates, we can still all contribute. Indeed, we can all contribute to moving forward, to reframing our expectations, to healing our own and each other's grief, shock, fear, and sense of loss. It starts and continues with questions. Who are we as a church? What's most important in our mission and ministry? How can we continue to address those things going forward using all this newfound technology in the mix? How can we continue to cultivate relationships with new worshipers among us who are getting online to join us from across the nation and across the world? If we love Jesus, we will keep his commandments. We will love each other as he loves us because in loving one another, we know and experience God's love. We don't have to do it alone. The you in God's Ten Commandments to the Israelite people is singular. God spoke through Moses to the singular community because in God's eyes, we are all one. What Paul called the body of Christ. And the Spirit is with us too. Guiding us, weeping with us, wiping others' tears away feeding and clothing and housing our neighbors, literally. God is not only with us, but in us, in our hands and hearts. Yet, the pandemic rages on. The death tolls rise. People we know and love have died, or gotten very sick, or lost jobs, lost relationships, lost their way. So keeping the commandment to love takes practice and patience. It takes being present, even as we're longing to return to a past we cannot, while anxiously awaiting an unknown future. Maya Angelou wrote, If you must look back, do so forgivingly. If you must look forward, 
do so prayerfully. However, the wisest thing you can do is be present in the present, gratefully. And so we practice gratitude. We practice hospitality every time we're tempted to scowl at that person, a child of God refusing to keep a safe distance. We practice Jesus' radical love and forgiveness by praying daily for healing to the divisiveness and partisanship our country is ensnared in more and more each day. And sometimes the best way to love God and each other is to practice silence, which we can all share, even in online worship, even via Zoom, where it's almost impossible to sync up our voices, but where God's voice is loud and clear. Love each other. Amen. O oh Lord, take our mouths and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hands and work through them. Then take our hearts and set them on fire. And now may God bless you and keep you. May God's light shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God bring us all peace, now and forever. Amen. Mm-hmm.